When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes, yes, yes. And welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast with me, PB. And today we have a full house of guests. I think it might be the first time, is it? So we've got JB. Hello, JB. Hello, PB. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Nice sunny day. Sun's out. Just been just been to the gym, been for a swim. You go to good. the gym? I do. I do. It's fact. funny because I, I also go to the gym. Wow. Mm. How was swimming? How was swimming, Ollie? Did you uh, did you stay in your lane? I did, I did. Unfortunately, others didn't. Um, oh no! Yeah, I got a bad foot at the moment, so I, I needed uh, the pools to reopen very much, so I can. Uh, well, like a, a like a Veruca. <laughs> You're not supposed no, to get in pools there. with them, mate. Torn, torn tendon on one side, torn ligaments on the other side. So yeah, oh, pretty, pretty nasty. But as Question. you can tell, which side is the leg heavier on? How do you do the second one? <laughs> Because surely if you've got the first one, you shouldn't carry You stop playing. So did it both in the same game, essentially. So no way. Tender went on the right side, which then completely unbalances your foot and makes you... Uh, you had a DLB. ...to uh, yeah, doing the ligaments on the ankle side. Once so. your ankle is gone, you cannot really play football. As you can hear, Pat's here. Hello, Pat. <laughs> Hello, how's it going? Um, <laughs> I've just been... I've just been... Like, I think I've almost graduated from the... Uh, JB school of viral tweeting. I think that's me done really. No, that's what I've been doing with the last week. Right, go on then, tell everyone. Um <laughs> if you haven't seen uh, I forgot the tweets. Go look at my Twitter account. Did did you tweet UEFA and not your friends and you got a million retweets? Yeah. That's, ba- that's yeah, basically yeah. it. Pretty much. It was yeah, ve- yeah. it was very profound. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty I basically said they weren't as nice as Mother Teresa was, and I got loads of likes. <laughs> And we're delighted to welcome back Carl. Hello, Carl. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, good. Good to uh, good to hear your voice again, Carl, and and hopefully bring some order to uh, to Pat and JB. I think between can't, us, we can promise that because I think it's already it's already fallen into disorder. So yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll bring it back together. We'll see. 
hopefully, hopefully. So uh, we've got a full house, which is great. Great to have everyone on. And um, we're recording on Monday. So it's been a few days since Arsenal's last uh, disappointing 0-1 defeat to uh, Everton. Um, we've got the Europa League. What is that? What is the 0-1 defeat? <laughs> I knew you were going to call out the 0 <laughs> That's officially what it was, wasn't it? That's the official line, JB. Well, you wouldn't uh, say nil one, would you? No, it's a one nil defeat. Yeah, but it was at home. I just so? wanted to emphasise how bad it was. Okay, sorry. One nil home defeat to Everton. Is that better? <laughs> Much better. And on Thursday, we travelled to Spain. I think it's the away leg first on mm-hmm. Thursday to reunite with Unai Emery, JB's favourite person. You're looking forward to uh, that. He's up there with up there with Johnny Best, though. Uh, am I looking forward to that? Yeah, sure. I really look at people. I don't. I don't detest anyone, PV. That's a horrible thing to say. If I search um, your username with Bearstow next to it, how many tweets am I going to find? They're all going to be Harry Kane tweets. So, oh, Kane, yeah. Bearstow, Kane, and Bearstow. You've got. You just got to stay on. Jermaine Genus. I don't think there's that much about Genus. There's enough, though, isn't there? I don't think there's much. <laughs> Son as well. Son as well. Yeah, Son there's a lot. But Manon and there'll be a lot. Probably got to be some be. referees there as well. Paul, uh, Paulson mainly, I think. Uh, John <laughs> Knox, Craig, there's a lot. Did you, did you see, did you see a... when we played Fulham? Um, uh, I think someone got a yellow card or something like that. Scott Parker was just screaming Craig from the from the sidelines, and I was like, "Oh, of course he's on first. Of course he's on first term basis." The bastard. I pulled up oh. all J. John Mars twats, tw- not twats, t- 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 <laughs> tweets. <and all>. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, about who? John, John Moss. John Moss. John Moss. Yeah, going yeah. back. Twenty sixteen is the earliest I can find. Nope, twenty fifteen. Are, are well, any of them funny? A long-standing um, hatred for John Moss. That's fair. Or are they just like it's just generally me calling him unfair, John Moss isn't it? Top speed of twenty miles per hour, but then you corrected it and said meters per hour. Um, <laughs> John Moss puts himself Christmas cards to pretend he has friends. Um, John Moss is, fa- is faster than Lichtsteiner. That's a good one. Um, Head and to Twitter John, at John Moss is if you dad in America BBC sitcom. So yeah. So right, you're Chris, gonna yeah. <laughs> Do you There's detest an actor anyone? that John Moss reminds me of, and I can't remember who it is. You you need to start talking about Arsenal Ace, that mate. Oh, no, 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 no. He's got a gentleman. As as we just let's not, go to just... let's go to our first talking point um, to focus this energy, which I welcome. I welcome the uh, the energy. Sun's out. Energy's out from all of us. Sun's out. Puns out. JB's not walking down the road like he tried to. There's a podcast, I think it was a couple of podcasts ago, you where JB wasn't on, but what you didn't know is he tried to actually join that podcast whilst walking through the middle of London uh, and talking. So we had to uh, we had to expel him from the podcast. He, he wasn't particularly happy, but he has returned today. That's the one that no one listened to, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, first talking point. Last week, we talked about the Super League, which has crumbled um, since we talked about it. This week, uh, the news sort of breaking today is Spotify owner Daniel Ek. Um, he's sort of gone to the press 
to say that he's uniting with Thierry Henry, Dennis Burkamp, Patrick Vieira. I think it's just those three, isn't it? And uh, to yeah. to launch a takeover. Pascal Sigan, I think, also. <laughs> so this was on the back of the protests on Friday, which were around the time of the Everton game. And I think the first we saw of his sort of rumoured interest was he tweeted during those protests, right, to say he was a, an Arsenal fan. Um, and if the Cronkies wanted to sell, he would be would be interested. Sort of grown legs as today has come out that there is a serious interest from him. The sceptical sort of marketer in me thinks this could just be a a bit of a marketing thing for his company Spotify, to be honest. But Pat, what do you what do you make of these rumors? Uh, I I'm not too sure. Like, there's obviously some pressure on uh, Crowing to sell. Uh, I was at the protest the other day. Like there was actually quite a few people there. I was surprised. Um, the whole legends thing is quite interesting. I, I I might want to actually pitch this question to Carl. Right? If if you're already involved in certain football setups, um, which you know Vieira was sat from Nice earlier in the season, mm-hmm. um, can you be like a part owner or something else of another football club? Is that allowed? It's different for. I think. I think there is some a lot of rules against conflict of interest sort of things. So um, I remember because wasn't might have been Gary Neville with his um, or there was some owner of a club who got them promoted from League Two into League One maybe a couple of years ago, and he had to sell stake in the League One club mm-hmm. because there was obviously a conflict of interest between them competing against each other. And I guess at an even higher level with, you know, a club with the size of Arsenal, if you have some sort of involvement with another club, there'd be an issue. But it's a little bit different when, um, like, it's just, you obviously you have the City Football Group and all those Red Bull groups, but those are in different leagues. Um, but when they do come in contact, I remember Leipzig played Salzburg in the Europa League years ago, and they basically had to, I forgot, they, they had to get some some ruling around it if they could actually play each other. Um, so... But these guys, I mean, the, the players are just yeah. advocating, right? Uh, it sounds like they're just kind of putting their name yeah, behind it rather than actually involved. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, they're attaching themselves, and he's using them basically as a, as a little bit of clout to gain some sure. sort of some backing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the the thing I'd say is like with Arsenal fans, like the the thing I think about is like if there's going to be a review of like how football clubs are, are owned from a governmental standpoint which i i don't really know if that's going to go anywhere but would you as a potential buyer want to buy a club before those kind of reviews happen is the other question i pose i think it's just a huge ambition at the moment and and as i say i i'm incredibly skeptical about whether there's a even genuine interest behind this or whether it's just a bit of a promotion for himself but we'll see we'll see things move really fast they've moved really fast over the last couple of weeks lots of things have come and gone um but obviously even if he is serious it, it takes two to tango someone's going to have to sell and they are the owners who, who traditionally do not sell um and are being very firm have come out again today to say um you know they're not looking to sell at all but this is think- quite a you know it's not a particularly successful venture for them so far and over the years is but the price is rising right the price of the asset right but in terms of cash flow it's not it's not doing well for them and i don't know if they care about that but uh that there must come a point right where if it's have they ever sold 
a team or a franchise. I was trying to, I was, I was doing some, some KSE reading and I can't see any evidence that they've ever sold anything. No. I mean, people of that wealth usually just accumulate, right? But w- what I'm trying to say is if there is no base for them here and they're not really that involved, because I'm presuming they are more involved in their, their American franchises, then if they can make like a, a billion or so off a sale, then in terms mm. of profit, then I don't know. Yeah, maybe is their only non-US team? I believe so. Maybe mm. Carl can correct me. Uh, yeah, I think uh, other than like an Overwatch, like Call of Duty or something, esports thing, they're they're all American based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's possible, impossible. And obviously, if you make a first sale, it's got to happen somewhere. And and obviously, they had ambitions for the Super League, and it's not happened. So that that has changed things. And they're not going to come out and say, yeah, we're we're looking to sell because it weakens their negotiating position. So mm. I don't think it's impossible. Um, Obviously, they they spoke to fans last week and said, you know, definitely said they wanted to stay and we're looking to invest this summer. So I think that's a big, it's a big summer this summer. Um, whether yeah. we see that, um, because you know, I get fans wanting a relationship and wanting owners who are interested in football. But if we look at a lot of football clubs, it's just not the case. And I think if they were investing, the the anger towards them would ease off i mean you don't see city's owners doing an awful lot with fans do you but but i'm sure they're they're perfectly happy with with their ownership at the moment so no but the, the flip side is like you know abramovich is at every game uh you know even across the road like uh, you know daniel levy's not the owner but like he he's there uh every game and i suppose he's the equivalent of like uh, some people would say vinai but probably with more power so more like josh um, and then if you look at like the Bayern model where they have like a lot of foreign, uh, former players in, in the hierarchy, look at PSG where, um, the, the president is, is there for every game as well. Like, I think there is, I, I don't no, know, like, like, that, but I, my point is, <laughs> would fans care if we were buying your players and doing well on the pitch? No, they wouldn't no. care that, that Stan's not in the stadium. And, and I think we have seen more of Josh and I, I'm not defending them here and, I just think it's um, it's a big summer, and I think you know they've had a lot of false promises, but I think realistically nothing's going to happen right now. But we'll wait and see, and mm. uh, let's see what happens this summer. Let's see if they back up their words because I think they're really going to be held to account this time. Um, and you know they've they've got to follow through with with their promises. JB, anything else to to add on the situation um, around the the ownership? I know you had uh... Pat with signs on the protest yeah i did uh, in fact i wrote all the good signs that anyone saw at the protest were my idea um but no i mean i i just struggled to get my hopes up on this right i i think i said at the time the esl wasn't going to happen you know the evident thing now is that kse have never sold a club and yeah whilst we can get our hopes up i think like if we're going off the evidence that exists out there you know, they held off Usman for what, 10 years. So unless something's changed dramatically, I yeah. can't see it, although it sounds exciting. And then I think, you know, everyone's united behind the fact everyone, you know, people people don't want KSE. But what I would say and what's become evident is, is I don't think people are aligned on what they do want. Like some people want a billionaire to come in and spend a lot. Some people want someone who just runs the club well. Some people want fan ownership. Some people want a combination of those things. So, 
yeah, I don't know. Like for me, the ideal is like someone comes, stretches themselves to buy it and then like sells off, you know, a third or half or whatever it is to fans and some like mini fan ownership thing. Mm. But I just, I'm just back at kind of square one, which is that I don't see the Cronkies selling anytime soon. Mm. But I mean, I'd like to be wrong. Carl, I mean, I'm rarely wrong, but I would like to be wrong in this instance. <laughs> Carl, as, as an American, and you probably know a bit more about um, their ventures in America with, with, with sports clubs yeah. over there. What's your general feeling of this? I mean, obviously, they've, they've not sold before, but this is, as we say, they're sort of only European asset. Uh, it's just gone through a difficult time. The fans are obviously not happy. What's your general feeling of which way this will go from here? Yeah, I, I think I think the the while this bid obviously has some some merit, obviously with you know it'll get obviously a lot of fan backing with the, the players it has with it. I I just don't see it happening in terms of selling because while um Stan, I think Stan Kroenke is worth about eight billion or whatever, and uh, the Spotify guy, whatever his name is, uh, is worth about half that. And obviously that's not, you know, it's not like a direct transfer in terms of funds and stuff like that, but I just don't see, unless it was a way over market bid for what, uh, Stan Kroenke was looking for. Uh, I don't think he'll sell. Um, and just going back, it's like he's had pressure from the American sports fans. The, the, the Rams owners, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Denver Nuggets, uh, the basketball team, they don't, the fans don't like him. The Avalanche don't like him. The Colorado Rapids, the Avalanche team don't like him. He hasn't sold. Um, why, why do they all not like him? Similar sort of th- reasons why uh, lack of investment and just lack of, he just kind of, he kind of owns them just for the sake of owning them rather than actually mm. putting it in, in investment into them. And actually the only, the only thing he's actually recently started caring about in terms of going and putting his name and showing up at a venue is the Rams. And that's just because they've been successful in recent years. So he's mm. basically attaching himself to that. He's, he's very much an owner just for the fact that he, he's, he has them in his name. He doesn't actually show up to games. He doesn't show up to, you know, I, I doubt he could probably name uh, if, if, if he asked him like for the MLS team, if he asked him what, what like three players on the team, I doubt he could name them. Same for the hockey team. Um, it's just the Rams that because they've, they've been NFC champions and all that stuff. They've, he sort of shown up and say, Hey, look at me, you know, look what I'm doing. Um, mm. so. Yeah. There are rumors that he, he didn't know which, which team were Arsenal, weren't they, when he came to, uh, came I mean, to watch like, Come on, does <laughs> anyone we... believe that, for real? It's come <laughs> it's from come... possibly the worst source. Has it? In Sky Sports. It came from Sky Cabot, didn't it? It came from Pet. It came from me. <laughs> it came from me, all right, fine. No, but seriously, like, is... imagine him we being should... at the stadium and being like, oh, we... <laughs> it's just so unbelievable. I wouldn't put it past that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think, I think Josh has a genuine interest. Um, but I don't think I think as Carl sort of said there, Stan is very much views his. I don't know, like maybe playing business. like Liverpool, like Liverpool away, and they were the ones in red. Maybe he got confused. I don't know. Yeah, it's like your girlfriend but, um, asks, "Why are Why are Arsenal playing in red colour? They normally play in red." You know that type of thing. My girlfriend would know that because she <laughs> likes football. To be fair, my dad, yours. my dad does that all the time when I was still living at home. Well, there you go. Look, Stan, he's been to three games. He probably said it. Anyway, let, let's move past... What we the... should do... I have a plan, right? Bear, bear <laughs> with me. If he likes the Rams, can we get him 
to sell Arsenal and buy Derby. <laughs> I thought you were going to say call us and, Rams or something. And, I thought and it was going to be Arsenal Rams. The England Rams, and then we're sorted. Derby Maybe Rams. we'll be playing at the Spotify Arena next year. Ooh, That's, uh, and they can good. buy Aaron the Ramsey and Aaron Ramsdale and I don't know who else, and he can just enjoy himself. Right. Right. Let's move on. Let's move Should on. Talk about Badigan. Yes, that's my next point. So <laughs> the other the other piece of news that's come out of Arsenal today, um, perhaps tactically, perhaps not. I look at everything quite sceptically these days, but um, Arsenal have announced that following Balogun has signed a contract extension. And I think in the last week or two, we sort of known that it was coming, but for the rest of the season, we were all pretty much resigned to the fact that he was going to go. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of press about other other clubs interested in him obviously from January because he had less than six months remaining on his contracts clubs outside of England were free to sort of negotiate with him so it seemed like it was definitely going to be one we we let go um, and we were sort of blaming his lack of involvement in Europa League games and things like that but somehow uh, he has decided to to stay at the club and um, being captain for the under 23s probably helped but his first team involvement has been very limited and as we move into a week where I don't know if it's been confirmed when Aubameyang and Lacazette are going to return but um, obviously for the Everton game we had Nketiah up top and he drew a blank Um, we've now got a player that we've committed to longer term in Balogun Nketiah I believe has a year left uh, in the summer Mm. Pat, I'll come to you first. This week, you know, what would you do in the striker situation? Would you like to see Balogun immediately at least involved in the bench and sort of climb that pecking order if it looks like we've not committed to Nketiah longer term? Uh, I mean, can you see it though? I mean, he, he wasn't in the squad last game. Well, I, can't, I can't see it. I, no, I can't but, really see it. But, I, I, but would, I would be looking you... at it. I would be looking at it if I was at me. I mean... Mm. To, on, on today's announcement before before I talk about the game like it was quite interesting to me that there was like a six minute hype video on Balogun that included pretty much everyone at Arsenal so I'm, I'm very much one of those people that looks at those kind of little details similarly to you Ollie and, and, and tries to read between the lines and I think that kind of shows like just I think how... they're doing as much deflection as possible with, with yeah. what's going on around the club as well. Yeah, but but I also think it it shows you know quite a lot of commitment to him. But also I think in in the video there was hardly any mention of Eddie Nketiah in terms of kind of the success out of Hayland. So he always referenced mm. Smith Rowe and Saka. We don't know if he did that you know before it was edited etc. But it it seemed quite uh, not a passing of the guard because like Nketiah doesn't start or anything. But like. It does feel like, yeah, Nketiah is definitely not going to be there in the summer. I do think he's probably going to start him again on Thursday, though. Um, but but, I, but if thing... he does start on Thursday, then we do need something off the bench, don't we? Yeah. The only thing I'd say that, that could change the situation is he's now signed the contract. And it always felt to me that Arsenal's position was sign the contract and then you'll play. Because when you've got a player with a but short d- amount d- of time we think this Don't we think this was signed 
like a little while ago though because Abamyang yeah, was, was, was in the video and I'm presuming he's not doing media considering he's reco- recovering from malaria so mm. yeah I, I think it makes sense for Friday but I think going back to the Europa League games if he'd signed earlier he would have got more time in the Europa League oh yeah no I agree but I what, mean what it's I, very I guess limited. what I'm trying to say is I don't think this today makes a difference as to his minutes from now till the end of the season Mm. Maybe maybe in the league because that's we gone, need to right? get a good price for Eddie as well, right? Like and Lacazette, yeah, it looks yeah, like but... Eddie's definitely off. Lacazette, who knows? I I would strip it back though when we look ahead to Thursday, and I might be being harsh on Lincati, and listeners from episode one will know that I'm I'm not his biggest fan, but I know Balogun made is... it this far. Listeners from episode one, which there are now none of <laughs> since Pet joined, all the originals <laughs> left. Um. Yeah, I, I, personally, I think from a footballing point of view, I know Balogun's barely played senior football, but for how we want to play and how we've been playing with what Lacazette's been doing through the middle, getting pace around him, Balogun is a better fit for me anyway. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think Enketia through the middle clearly is not particularly working. I would quite like to see Martinelli if it, if it's not if it's not Balogun because I don't expect Balogun to start. What did you what did you think of Nketiah against Everton? Because I saw quite a lot of uh, big Arsenal accounts saying that he was actually pretty good in the first half. Yeah. And whilst yeah, I don't miss, me in that. I, I don't know if you did because I don't really look at your profile too much unless I need. No, but I, I I am a big account. So. <laughs> I would call you medium. Short in real life, medium on Twitter. Rude. <laughs> Anyway, I saw quite a lot of big accounts saying that he played really well in the first half. I didn't think he played really well. I thought he was all right. Like I thought he was not one of our worst players, not one of our best players somewhere in the middle. But like, did you see anything that makes you feel a bit more encouraged for him getting minutes on Thursday, Carl Lawley? There's no point asking me because... <laughs> all right, Carl. No is, no is the answer. I think we as fans, we're all guilty of it with, with any player someone can do like quite a simple thing. And if we've not seen them do it before, so I think probably what fueled some of those tweaks were there were a couple of occasions where Nketiah used his body a bit better and held it up a couple of times and did a sort of simple layoff. And I think that caused people to go, oh, we're seeing more from Nketiah, what he should be doing. I mean, those should be things that he just does a lot every game. If you're playing for Arsenal, you shouldn't just disappear and score the old tap-in, which is what he's done. And he's not even scored that many goals. He scored like four Premier League goals last season and, and two this season. So for me, I just, I, I don't really see what he offers. And I think we have to change the way we play to accommodate him. And he's just quite a low level player, but Carl. I was just going oh, to say on, on JB's point about putting him in the shop window, like one, the likelihood of Nketiah going on like a crazy scoring streak in the Premier League from between now and the end of the season seems quite low considering we basically don't score goals, but also yeah. that Nketiah is the player that he is. Secondly, I think there's enough there, right? Like this guy's scored a lot of goals at every level that he's played apart from senior football. And even then, like his goals per minute for someone his age is not horrendous. Like We're if you're selling a, him on his England youth form. Yeah, but, but also like if, if, you're a, if you're a Premier League scout or a analytics team at a premier league team like you've got way more than you would to go off than than a load of other players that have been brought into the country or, or brought from from england you know think of solanke and jordan near bay etc so yeah i just mm. wanted to mention that as well yeah, i don't, I, I, don't think... know. I don't see the point in doing that and again same with lacazette like he's he's done his job this season he scored 
a fair bit of goals for his, you know, for his yeah. uh, stature, and he's going to play because he's you know one of our better strikers. But I don't think there's playing for shop window time. Yeah, I, I I get the argument, but but as you say, Pat, I think if we play him, he's probably not going to score much anyway. And if we do do it, it's got to be in the league. But just looking at his stats over the last two seasons. For Arsenal, he's had 11 Premier League starts, 19 Premier League sub-appearances and scored four goals. So, I mean, you can start him for the last five Premier League games, mm. whatever it is, but he is potentially going to make his price worse, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> Carl, <laughs> Carl, what were you going to say on that? Honestly, yeah, we, should yeah. do a, we should do a Twitter search for, for Ollie tweets about Ketia for some of this. <laughs> I think I think the one of the problems with with Inketias is the style of player he is, which is obviously very much focused on his contributions in the penalty area. Is our the the way we play under Arteta requires so much from the center forward, and a lot of that sort of stuff is stuff with outside of the box, licking up play deep, um, and I, it's it, it's sort of similar um, with the way we started against. Um, uh, the Everton game as well. It was he was doing well for 30 minutes because a lot of the patterns that we ask our players to do in the build-up phase and just the general attacking phase were were well. But when that sort of broke down for a while and Everton pressed us a lot better, his contributions became really sparse because he was having to to go into positions that he wasn't very comfortable with. Like usually a lot deeper or something that Lacazette does pretty well is coming deep and allow players to run in behind him. I think we touched on that the last time I was on. Um, and Aubameyang, when he's obviously played center forward in the past, not obviously not this year, but um, has done that as well. And and Ketia requires a very specific style of play, which is something which is basically him being as uninvolved as possible and just being that kind of poacher in the pedal area to finish off moves. Mm-hmm. While when we play with one center forward, we have to have that person basically doing all sorts of things. Um, and I think that's why we've been linked with players like um, Edward from Celtic, who's very similar to to Lacazette, except the fact that he's a lot quicker and a little more dynamic. Um, I think Eddie will be a good striker for top-level championship, low-level Premier League team. I just don't think that mm. the style of play that we ask our, our, our strikers to do is something that works for him. Yeah, and I think my problem with his performance on Friday as well, I don't know if you guys remember, there was one time in the second half, the ball came across the box, and you know that's the thing we say that he's good at. You know the, those what he did against Fulham, you know finding those spaces and, and just finishing off from a few yards. But he he didn't even make the effort to get into the position for the cross. And I think yeah. Arteta went went mental at him after after that. So if he's not even doing that, you know he's a goal scoring striker, as you say. He's a penalty box striker. If he's scoring four goals. In 11 starts and 19 sub-appearances over two seasons, I mean, and his job is to score goals. It's, it's just not working. And I don't think he's the answer when we want to win the Europa League. I think we need to find something else. But let's let's briefly chat about Thursday um, and then we'll, we'll get into a couple of questions. Pat, coming to you, what's your general feeling ahead of Thursday? Uh, confidence? performance levels do we think the players are going to be up for this against their former manager um or do we think we're going to see a bit of a drab performance it's very hard to know what type of arsenal is going to come out um and know where to be on that confidence scale how are you feeling yeah, it's really hard to say isn't it i'm not particularly confident but i do think we'll see it a lot more than we did on friday that's for sure i'm 
quite concerned at the lack of Lacazette and Aubameyang. But I do think that we should still create enough to at least score. And look, like I, I don't think we're going to do what we did against Prague in the away leg. You know, Villarreal are a far, far better outfit. Um, but, you know, within Iamri teams, and I don't know if Carl has the statistics on, on, on Villarreal, but in general, he's conceded a lot of shots um, and they don't kind of generate that many chances. So... Uh, you know, if we don't self-implode, I think we'll have a, a decent chance of yeah either not getting beat too heavily and having a, a decent scoreline to take mm. back to the Emirates, uh, which actually isn't that good these days, is it? Taking something back to the Emirates? No, exactly. That's like not good. <laughs> and with that in mind, what you say about Emery's team, I just hope that we're brave and we're we're forward-thinking. You know, as we saw in the away leg against Slavia, when we needed the goals, we started really positive, but. When the tie's at nil-nil, it just scares me a little bit. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. But I wouldn't be surprised if we win the game 3-1. I wouldn't be surprised if we lose the game 2-0. Like, this is what Arsenal are at the moment. So I would be quite surprised if we lost the game 2-0. Mm. I would. I think I think us winning 3-1 is more likely than losing 2-0. Famous last words. Mm. Uh, yeah, I... I, I, I was going to say, you famously compared our last opponents in the Europa League to being worse than Sheffield United. And you uh, followed it up on one of our lives after the game by saying Villarreal are about Everton standard. Uh, we obviously lost Everton on Friday. <laughs> so how are you feeling <laughs> ahead of Thursday? Um, satisfied with my comparisons, but I would say that we should have beaten Everton because they're not great. Yeah. So yeah, like I would file Villarreal under... Um, fight all the wonder under like <laughs> I'd hate to see these files definitely beatable but also we're not great like a good side beats them is where I am right so the question is are we are we a good side when it matters yeah I think I said that at half time in the Everton game it was nil nil we were kind of dominating the game and I said Everton are terrible are Arsenal worse we'll find out in the second half we did find out in the second half we lost. But as I say, we, we should have won the game. Um, Carl, do you have any insights on Villarreal that uh, make you more or less confident on the game? Um, I think one thing that will kind of be the story of the game is who can out, using the, the term that uh, I forgot how to use it, uh, out implode each other um, because they have done a lot of stuff in recent weeks. They started, obviously, um, off the season pretty hot. Um, but then since then, they've basically had a lot of defensive catastrophes. I think one, uh, most of them have been um, Juan Foyth just being useless. Um, so, I mean, a lot of their metrics look pretty good, um, which is something that we didn't really have when our, uh, Emery was here, but they're just not getting the results. Uh, I think it'll be a very, very tight game. Um, mm. They're a lot better side than, than maybe their league position uh, kind of shows right now. Um, but they're they have those sort of tendencies to 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 kind of fall apart and implode. Like they have Danny Parejo is very good, Etienne Capu, the former Watford player. Um, players I'm most worried about is Gerard Moreno, who's probably the best Spanish striker um, mm. in, right now, um, who I think could cause our defense a lot of a lot of issues with his yeah, movement. He's a really good player. Would you yeah. say uh, we're better than our Premier League position right now? Based based off what uh, it's obviously it's, it's tough to say, but I, I think we 
if we were maybe seventh place, I think it'd be more accurate than what we are right now. Um, mm. Just the chances we've created and then the, the lack of chances we've given to others. Uh, since December, since the, the Chelsea game, basically, we've been on about the sixth place best team yeah. on form. Um, and a lot of that is just what we saw against Everton is we, we, we dominate the game and then we give up something stupid. And yeah. So. And that, that if you have us- to, uh, the thing, I think, I think just to add on one thing, I think, I think it gives me more confidence going into this game is that it's obviously two leads. So there's less <laughs> yeah. chance for us to, 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 you know, fall on our asses and screw up. So, um, there's also yeah. more chance for errors. From True. Us. True. <laughs> On, oh, on the errors, okay. if you had to compare Villarreal to a Premier League team, <laughs> who would you, in terms of a bit of level, right? Not not play style, just level. Who would you compare them to? Everton. <laughs> yeah! can, can I ask just on the um, ridiculous mistakes side of things? Carl, we've talked about yeah. Leno quite a lot, right? Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I've cursed him because ever since I joined the pod, like he's just started becoming one of the worst keepers in the league, seemingly. Yeah. But um, I-, I had this thought in my head the other day uh, and I was kind of thinking what has happened to Arsenal over the last 10, 12 years maybe is that we always get like a few players away from being a pretty decent team. Like, uh, you know, when we had Van Persie, it was kind of like we needed centre-back and a holding midfielder and a and a goalkeeper and um yeah. when we had Urzil it was like we need a striker etc and now I feel like when we get to maybe next summer we might be in a position where we're like we need another keeper um are you kind of confident that his form's gonna this is definitely just a form thing or you just maybe that he was outperforming kind of his I, average I think, before and he's kind of I, coming back to something yeah I think less. it is a bit of a form thing I think I think Obviously, the the error on Ever- against Everton was terrible, but at the same time, I think a lot of fans are kind of glossing over the fact that he has saved us on a lot of games uh, last season and this year. But still, going forward, I think that we should look at a long term goalkeeper because if Arteta is going to want want us, and obviously he does want us to basically be London's Manchester City, we're going to need a goalkeeper who's who's extremely good with his feet and playing mm-hmm. out of the back. And that's something that at Leno's age, you're just not going to develop. You're not going to be able to learn how to play in the back that that competently. Um, and I think a lot of those is they're not obviously his fault, but a lot of the errors we saw with with Shaka against I think it was Olympiacos or whoever it was against Olympiacos, and that whole week of just passing the ball into our own goal. A lot of that is because of the decision making of Leno of to whether to play a pass or not, um, and that's just him trying to you know overcompensate. I think. Mm. And today there's a guy at Juventus who's available, <laughs> but for yeah. 12 million euros a year, apparently, with an yeah, agent Buffon. that we never ever do business with. Buffon's oh, like four years. Come on. <laughs> we have been linked with uh, Bill Bowles' keeper as well this morning, who's uh, his name is Unai. Yeah, yeah Unai he's, good. he's very good. Very good yeah. with his feet too, which obviously fits the profile, but. Uh, a bunch, a, a, a lot of the the goalkeeper characters will say it's too short. I bet just because. But yeah, I mean, Milan, Milan, Milan are about earlier. to sign Mike 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 Nan for fifteen million euros. He's yeah, probably he was, the he was second best spot. French keeper out there. He was another keeper I would have liked, I think. Uh, mm. But but also, Unai Simon is is six three. I was, I, was, which... I was kidding. I was kidding. I I know. I yeah. 
It was just every every time every time someone signs for the Premier League, they say, it was, "How is he going to cope with the Premier League?" Even though he's played international football for Spain for two years. He's got six caps, yeah, six That's caps. Such a niche. That's such a niche analytics joke there, Carl. Sorry. One to watch ahead of the summer. That's why you guys don't have me on, just because I, I I just confuse everyone. We'll have a uh, we'll Keep have some up. transfer podcasts coming up in the summer. Let's get uh, squeeze a couple of questions in before we before we close. We have a, a question from at left foot curler who who sort of alludes to what we've just been talking about, really, um, and and what we talked about for the last few weeks. Why do Arsenal make so many individual errors? It's all unforced errors. Has Arteta ever just condensed the space while counter pressing? Do you think this blocking passing lanes thing will continue next season, even while counter pressing? Carl, that's, I don't really that's, understand. That's like what twelve marks, isn't it, Carl? <laughs> That was that was the counter pressing the counter pressing thing without going too deep in the weeds about the various styles of counter pressing. Blocking passing lanes is pretty much a a prerequisite for counter pressing. You can do you can drop passing lanes by just picking up the man. So other than the player who's pressing the ball, everyone just picks up the man, which passing to a man is obviously a passing lane. Mm. You can do ones where you basically just condense the space and just basically rush the player um, in possession which by itself obviously closes down passing lanes um, and the other various forms of counterpressing, basically. I do think that that's one thing that we do have to figure out sort of in our going forward um, when we are, you know, whether we basically have games where we press intensely and other games where we don't press intensely, but unlike it's, you know, rather than like being like based off the opposition, it's basically just kind of like whether our players are feeling up for it at times. It doesn't seem very coordinated in that sense. Mm. Uh, and I think that's one thing that we do need to do is kind of figure out is, you know, you basically, you can't press for 90 minutes, you know, especially in the, the COVID ball area where everyone's just falling on their asses and just dying. Um, mm. I think one thing is that we, we do kind of need to pulse our press a little bit better. So basically, uh, you know, coordinate that press better to, you know, okay, we're going to drop off now and just, you know, gain possession. And a lot of it's situational. Um, but I, th- and, and a lot of that is obviously that our players, I, I, this is not the the final sort of squad that Arteta wants to, to see. Um, and when you have players who are not suited to pressing or building up in the back, as I kind of touched on previously, it's harder to kind of impose that style. Mm. Mm. Good answer. 11 out of 12. Pet, I'm going to give you a quick question. 60 second question. That's what From at Grant underscore KC10. He mm-hmm. says three stay and three go out of Eddie, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Nelson, Joe Willett, Rob Holding and Callum Chambers. Which three do you choose to stay and which three would go? I think Ed, Eddie's going to go. I yeah. think Maitland-Niles is going to go. This isn't what you think. It's what you would. I'm going to be a little bit harsh on here, but does anyone actually here think Reese Nelson is actually that good? I think he's talented, but like, I just, I just, I just, I just he's at an age now where it's kind of like, you know, you can't, you've got to play or you, you're not going to do anything, right? Mm. Yeah. I think Willock is probably now at a point where. It's kind of like Martinez last summer. Whatever happens to him, people are going to be happy. Like yeah. if he gets, yeah. if we get twenty-five million <laughs> Not for now. him, everyone's really upset we sold Martinez. Uh, well, again, the feelings that we had in the summer. 
Um, if we get 25 million for Willock, then we're going to be over the moon. If he stays and he's our fourth option, then I think people are going to happy as well. And he's, you know, another Halen boy. Um, so I think it's going to be Ketia, Maitland-Niles and Willock just for funds reasons. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the, the, that's the one thing is regardless of the player profile, we have to choose players that are going to, like we have to basically do the Liverpool model and, yeah. and just flog our trash for 40 million pounds. Like how they, I, there need, there needs to be a documentary done on how they got whatever they, they got for um, a guy who plays for Sheffield United. Um, oh, really Reister. But that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? Like it's really yeah. frustrating that, we're yeah. not going to be able to flog Reese Nelson if for 18 million pounds. Same, if we had done that same transfer, we would have gotten like 5 million pounds. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we got with like Serge Gnabry, for example. That's <laughs> yeah. what we got offered so, for Balogun. If we wanted to get rid of Balogun in the summer, that's what was on the table. Yeah, we wanted 12 and Sheffield United offers us five or something like that, didn't they? Mm. Just my two cents would be I'd sell them all. Yeah. No, no, I would do that <laughs> I, as well. But if I, it had think... to be three, then those would be my three. Yeah, and we've seen it with Willock, right? Like a lot of these players will look good in the right teams at the right level. Yeah, uh, I think Reese Nelson would look good on at a, a number of Premier League sides. Yeah, but like at a Brighton, he'd be decent. I think he'd look good at Leicester because the system would suit him. Maybe, but he's not. I don't want to say he's not a level because Leicester ahead of us. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I He's think not. in terms of quality, if I had to keep three, it's probably Willock. I think Chambers is useful because he can play a few positions. Mm, and I don't really want to keep any of the others. I feel honest. like we could get very good money for Chambers. Yeah, I'd sell them all for the right money. And I know that presents a homegrown problem, but you know we can buy other homegrown players. We can promote other homegrown players, so we can sort it out. Anyway, final question. One word answer, JB. Grant also asks, fave US City. It's difficult before. because they both. I can't give a one-word answer because <laughs> it's a two-word. I gave system. you the easiest one-word answer question, and you're still going to manage to drag it on. I, well, it's New York, but that's two words. <laughs> right. Okay. LA is a close second, although I did like Austin. <laughs> um. Yeah. There you go. Right. It's my top. Right. It's my top three, and Miami's fun as well. So didn't like San Francisco, didn't like that. Um, and if you follow helpful. us on Patreon, sign up to our Patreon for JB's exclusive review of the United States. Also, but we're going to have to in, in the next episode. We'll answer the other question, which was, "What's your favorite fish?" or whatever it was. Don't, 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 don't get him started. Don't get him started. We're wrapping up there. This has been the Fresh Arsenal podcast. Please subscribe if you liked it, and uh, please follow us on Twitter at Fresh Arsenal Pod. Make sure you send in your questions and we do our best to feature them all as many as we can. Although, sorry, Grant, you sent in about 20 questions. So I just picked out a couple, but uh, I've been PB and JB, who have you been? Still, still JB. Good. Getting better at this. Carl, thanks for, thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, welcoming me back despite my long absence. Always, always. And Pat, thanks again. Is uh, you can follow me at Pet Barisha on Twitter. No, and we'll be doing a Thursday. No, Thursday, we'll be doing a Thursday live stream. Can't go one episode without stream. a plug. We Can't we have to because that's where we're doing the the Twitter space at the moment. We'll be doing one on Thursday, and yes, by we, we I mean doing. me plus whoever else decides to turn up at the, at the crew. I will have had a few beverages when I join that live. So maybe so I'll meet uh, you. So tune in just for that. 
Uh, thanks very much for listening, guys. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.